This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I am honored. Uh, This has been, I don't know who gets to do this for a living, but I'm grateful as heck. Got an icon in the studio with us starting off the show. Uh, I remember him from Car Wash. That's how far back I go. Most recently, Black Lightning, because, you know, we're yes. doing that too. But people don't even know about the directing and the producing and all of the stuff in between. The one and only great Bill Duke is in the building. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's a lot on the table to talk about. We were talking off mic, and I said, you're an icon. He said, it just means I'm old. And I was like, no. No, 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 no. Let me... You have receipts, sir. You've done a lot of things. And many of them. You have lived a life. And so we're going to talk a little Kaepernick, who... Mm. May, he's getting a workout yes, he is. in the NFL. I don't know what this means. I know I've been boycotting it. I, th- I thought I was boycotting it until Kaepernick got a job. So I was like, I just I am, must not g- ever watch the NFL. So I'm a little low-key happy <laughs> that I'll please put him on a team. It might be light at the end of this Please, tunnel. I'm in a football, fantasy football league. I can't watch football. And I'm, mm. come on, y'all. Just Miami somebody. Uh, I don't know he got a job. You got a job? No, he's doing a workout. Um, with one of the teams, mm-hmm. Miami. With several teams. Are, several is it te- just Miami? No, I think other teams are going to show up. Uh, it's a full okay. NFL workout. I believe, uh, it's just, workout. I believe it's just taking place in Miami. Ah, okay. thank you for the okay. correction. See, that's how off the radar So I they're going to do like a video interview, and even people who aren't there for the workout is going to be videotaped and sent to all the teams. Well, he tweeted mm-hmm. out that he's ready, mm-hmm. and he's been ready. So he he was a, I got the news from Kaepernick's Twitter page right. that he's doing this. So right. I'm like, all right, Kaepernick. And he had a nice ethic of staying ready, so he would not have to get ready because he mm. has tweeted out videos of himself doing workouts, engaging with the, you know, the, with his craft. And so I, I'm excited to see what's happening at the workout. I'm excited to see what happens after, even though you know how I feel. I know. I had, Last football, uh, fantasy football league I was in, Kaepernick was my quarterback, Smith, if mm. you remember, several years ago when I was in. I, I picked do. him, even though everyone was like, he's not, blah, 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 blah. I didn't have a problem with it. So uh, if he gets back on a team, I'm picking him again. Uh, and of course the Byron Allen, it's not the Byron Allen SCOTUS case, but the, the we had Byron Allen in this studio for three hours this time last week. Was that just last week? That was just last oh week, Lorraine. That was so much wow. right here. Wow. Mm. Three hours. Mm. Mm. And we talked about the three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it, it could have gone on for longer, uh, because we covered a lot of bases, <laughs> But uh, the Supreme Court is hearing the lawsuit. It's a $2 billion lawsuit, Comcast, Charter. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be any outcome, maybe for several months, maybe not mm-hmm. until the spring. We don't know, but they're hearing it today. Also today, impeachment proceedings, day one. I don't know if anybody's been watching. I know we've been covering it. Dr. Jason Johnson filled in for Laura today. Um, he covered it. I know Clay Kane covered it. I'm probably not going. I, I, Bill Duke, what, where do you sit on this impeachment? Uh well I I don't watch a lot of news these days because um first of all I don't think it's gonna happen and mm. so why it's being put out there in the way it is um I think you need twenty some Republican votes it's not gonna happen so I'm not sure why it's such a in big the news. Senate he's not gonna be convicted but well, he could be he definitely I think is gonna be impeached in the House yes what is that gonna mean finally? nothing right. it just it's a blur it's gonna be in history in the annals in the annals 
for, uh, of history for Trump. In the annals where, of history. Right, wow. Where okay, it belongs. That's deep. Right in his, right that's there. Deep. Right that's in the end. Yeah, he'll be, uh, right yeah. Annals, right, right there. But even if he is impeached and not convicted, it's sort of like the grand jury coming back and saying you should be indicted. Mm-hmm. And that, that carries weight, I think, in the minds of people. If, to the extent there are three or four people who are undecided or unclear about how they feel about Trump, I think an impeachment would, in the hearings, actually, the process of going through, listening to, to the witnesses, seeing what they had to say, I think that might help people come away with a little bit more clarity. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Getting 20 votes in the Senate is, is almost a near impossibility. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. But I'm, I'm excited for the indictment. I'm a lawyer, so I, I take these things in bites. Take our wins where we can. We can. That's right. That's right. We were talking off mic with Bill Duke about um, the Byron Allen case yeah. in the Supreme Court. And you said it was an interesting time to be here. And you, you had you wanted to know our thoughts. Yes. Um, again, it's this is go ahead. I I said amicus. Is it amicus or amicus? It depends on who you're talking to and See? what part of the okay, country. Okay, so it's potato, yeah. potato. I say amicus, but you know, I, okay. Yeah, other lawyers. Smith say amicus. says amicus. Well, I think Byron Allen said that last. Whatever week, he said, he's not a lawyer. How about tomato, that? Tomato. He's yeah. a comedian <laughs> and a media mogul. I'm not diminishing his his abilities <laughs> at all. Not at all. So three hours. Three, three hours. hours. Three whole hours. No, it was it was actually enlightening. It was inspiring. I, I felt good in the moment, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, I, I'm like, the the case is important, but I keep asking this question: What happens if he loses? I I think that's where we have to sit. And to be clear, even if he does lose this stage of the case, it may not be a loss entirely. Like really, the question that's before the court right now is whether or not what type of Uh, claims he has to prove at this particular stage of the case. So he's just filed his lawsuit. Essentially, it's been he suit had been tossed several times. The Ninth Circuit uh, allowed it to move forward. And the idea is that if he loses at this level, he may actually be given an opportunity to come at it from another angle. So there's still a minute. minute, Because the Supreme Court may decide. The question is, does he have to prove that race was the only the but for but for race being an issue? You would have this contract. Does he have to prove that at the outset with the with the way the justices were engaging in the questioning today it seemed like there might be some room for them to say even if he has to prove it at this outset perhaps he might frame his claims differently or perhaps he may not have to prove it at the outset he may have to prove that race was the but-for factor later on at some point he's going to have to establish the role that race played in the decision-making process the real question is is it in the earlier part of the case or will he have the opportunity to flesh out his case and then prove it at a later time if he loses and this is going to be unpopular if he loses and we are put back into an environment where there are no federal protections, that the federal protection that was afforded by that statute to prevent discrimination as against black and non-white people um, in contracts, yes, that would be a travesty. I don't want to undermine that. I don't want to suggest that that would not be hurtful at all. It would be extraordinarily hurtful because essentially every person, not just black person, every person who has a discrimination claim, including white women, Right. So we often forget that white women may be the hook that saves us. We don't know. Um, But every person who has a discrimination claim in contracting essentially has this as a protection. There is a protection that says you cannot engage in discrimination when engaging in these types of contracts. And if that protection is removed, then we're in an environment again where the reality that we're living is matching the ethos of the country. And the laws are not going to be able to provide that sort of shield, which will re- really require, at least in the black community, for us to be thinking very differently about how we engage with each other, with whom we choose to engage in contract. Um, you know, I, there was a report about the these uh, graduation rates for college and how the college uh, job market is 
is faltering in many, many ways. And we couple that with the idea that black women are the largest and fastest growing group of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of shifts in the business environment right now. And if we are put in a realm where, again, we are no longer afforded the protections against discrimination when we engage in contracts, when we engage in business, that might require us to look inward in ways that we have avoided over the past 60 years of integration. When was the last time you whitened your teeth? I had to go to the dentist because I drink about three cups of tea a day and my teeth can get really stained really quickly. And if that's you with the holidays coming up and all of these smiling pictures that you're going to be in, you want to get your teeth the whitest as possible. And now you can do it without going to the dentist. You can go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code HUNTER. Listen, this year... The teeth can be whitened, and you've never whitened your teeth until you whiten them with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. I'm talking five minutes, and power swabs will never leave your teeth and gums sore or sensitive like the other whitening treatments, and they're totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, power swabs are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So go try power swabs, and you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just Five minutes, and I have a great deal for you. When you go to buypowerswabs.com and you use my code Karen, you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. That's right, 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick at buypowerswabs.com code Karen, or you can call them 800 668 1790. 1749-1749, use code Karen. That's 800-668-1749, use code Karen, or go to B-U-Y, buy powerswabs.com today. I said it was unpopular, but you know. No, I, I'm, I think that's a great view. Yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> the most delayed. <laughs> Bill Duke's like, what the hell is going on? Why am I sitting it's in deep, this studio? What is, yeah. Your thoughts, sir, about this case? In terms of the civil rights element of it, I'm a little concerned about it. Yeah. I hope that, um, you know, I hope I hope that it doesn't occur so it takes us back. Yeah. And that's my concern. I think we have never been able to depend on our government to provide justice, ever. Just us? Yes. Mm. Ever. Why are we doing it now? So I hope he wins. It, it would be great if he doesn't. Again, I, I agree with you, but I've been talking about that for the last five years. Yeah. Let's stop depending on people who have never seen us as human beings. Eh, mm. Don't want to do that. Although I still want the legal protections code. Yeah. So, you know, do the right thing. Right. <laughs> States rights, y'all. States do rights. Right. Right. Do the right thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bill Duke, my 40-year career on screen and behind the camera. Last time you were on the show was via phone uh, for mm -hmm. Dark, Dark Girls. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you, by the way. Thank because you. Because I, I have cafe au lait skin and a very dark skin inner side. So I was relating <laughs> very much to the Dark Girls on that uh, screen there. And Dark Girls preceded Light Girls or the, yes. the follow-up. Yes. 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 I was really glad with the order and the, the how where you started with that. Um, as a light-skinned black woman, I didn't know that we needed light girls until I saw it. I was like, okay, that works. But I was really, really glad that you had the foresight to start the documentary and to start that series looking at the color complex from the dark woman's perspective. Um, I think a lot of times we do the reverse, which underserves and undermines our entire community. So mm -hmm. I just, I never had a chance to tell you that's my first time ever laying eyes on you in person and it is an honor. So I just think you should know that there is a real appreciation for not just the documentary, but the way in which they were 
were rolled out um, and the centering of dark-skinned black women at the outset. I thought that was Thank phenomenal. you very much. I yeah. think, unfortunately, it's still an issue. It's a global issue. Absolutely. I talked to a gentleman like two weeks ago and about one of the major issues in Africa, particularly in Nigeria. Mm. I think you know about this, is that Skin like Nigerian it. women are bleaching yeah. not their faces only, but their entire bodies. That's right. There's something um, inherently wrong about that. So I hope that. Is this, was this an homage or an ode to your mom and your sister, the people in your family growing up in Poughkeepsie? What, what was the impetus for you doing that? Seeing what my sister went through and other women that I know um, went through and how they were judged. Um, in those days, um, particularly male or female, um, if you were pretty in the dark black community, um, you had to have what they call light skin and good hair. Mm. And that means you could run your fingers through somebody's hair. And, and certain true churches in New York, um, I think it was the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, that on Sunday morning, if you went to church, it was a brown paper bag on the door. Mm. If you put your hand on the door and it was darker than the bag, you couldn't get in the church. Church. Mm. Praising God. Praising God. Wow. I heard that for other places, never for the church. I knew for organizations That's... and certain sororities and fraternities, right. but did not know church in New York. Mm. I don't know too many black people from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> Bill Duke, um, growing up in Poughkeepsie, how, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, growing up because it was during segregation. Um, so there was a black side of town. Well, railroad track. There was, there was a black side of town, and there was an. In, there's a, you know, if you had enough money, you can move into a neighborhood that was not totally black or white. Um, but it was. Difficult, difficult times. And um, remember things like um, I was in my kindergarten class, um, it's in my book, um, that uh, my first day in school, kindergarten, um, that uh, everybody was asked to stand up and say their name. And I said, um, I was nervous. I said, Bill. And um, the um, teacher said, No, your last name too. I said, Okay, Duke. And during lunch, a table of white children sitting next to me, I was by myself, um, mocked what the teacher had done. And one of the kids played me, and mm. one played the teacher and said, uh, what's your name? And the white boy said, Bill. And um, he said, what's your last name? And the other boy said, nigga. And mm. so I remember another incident when my... Um, Sister and I were working, walking from uh, church one day on Sunday and going home, and these bikers, white bikers, were in the garage, and they, came, they, they yelled across the street, hey, you little nigga, stop. And my father and mother had told me, whenever you're confronted, just run. And so we ran, ran, and they caught up with us. And, and I told my sister to keep running, and she wouldn't. And they held me down and beat me and kicked me and bloodied my face, etc. and said, the next time we tell you to stop, nigga, stop. And after that was over, we ran back to my home where my father, where my mother was. And my father came home and saw me beaten and uh, went upstairs and got his gun, put us in the car, and drove back to the garage and mm. asked the man, he said, uh, where are they? He said, they went up Main Street. 
And my father rode up and down Main Street for like at least 45 minutes. And he asked us, where are they? And whether we saw them or not, we would not tell my father because mm-hmm. he would have killed them and he would have gone to jail for the rest of his life. So it was, it was that kind of experience. Um, it wasn't all bad, but during those days, you faced certain challenges. How did that impact your career and uh, catapult you into the arts, you know, where you thrived? Well, to be honest with you, until my senior year in high school, I was a racist. I know I disagree with Spike. Black people can be racist, too, I think. I know. And, um, you know... Whoa, 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 wait, wait. So you could prevent somebody from a job or from an opportunity or... Or you just thought white people were horrible and you hated them? I hated them. Okay. Because of my experiences. Right, but it was causing... I'm I'm not absolving you. You can call yourself a racist, but I'm just like, you know, when we talk about racism in this country, it's more systemic and it's more, you know, institutional. You know, there are people that have prejudices and they have definitely, you know, some real feelings about people. I was just having lunch with a gentleman who had an experience with a black woman and I said, don't let that shape... And he was a white gentleman. Don't let that shape your feelings about all black women, because that's one black woman. And we don't all behave that way, you know. But I can understand, you know, after having what happened to you and your sister and in your experience, what you would think most white people or all white people were like that. I don't think that makes you a racist, but well, I could be wrong. Well, let's say that I, um, I, let's say I did not like white people. Fair. I'll put it that way. <laughs> that fair? In light of that, fair. Valid. Yes. Very fair. So um, my last, uh, I used to be very introverted and uh, and I used to write a journal and I and my English teacher, Miss Walker, um, told me to stop writing my journal in her class and uh, I kept doing it and one of the last days of that session, she said, give me the journal and I, she took my journal and I hated her for it. Uh, the next semester, um, the last day of class, um, and I used to just hate her every time. Um, she said, Duke, stay here. So she said, what do you want, Miss Walker? And she went in her desk and brought out two books. One was my journal, and one was the National Poetry Contest, and she had submitted my poems into the contest, and I won mm. a prize. Wow. And my year at Dutchess Community College, um, Dr. Hall, who was the... Um, the head, the president of Dutchess Community College in Poughkeepsie, very strict, strict and stern, and he was a naval officer, and no one really liked him. And so, I went to get a scholarship at the Boston University. I couldn't pay my room and board, so I came back to Poughkeepsie, and I said, "Well, you know, I'm going to stay here for a year and then go back after I make some money." And so I went to Dutchess to see some friends of mine, and Dr. Hall was in the hallway, and he said, "Hey, Duke, hey, Bill, come here for a second bring him to his office, and um, a really tall, pale, white gentleman, and um, I said, what do you want, Dr. Hall? He said, um, I hear you, you're thinking about, com- I heard you're thinking about coming back to Poughkeepsie and staying. I said, yeah, i got to raise some money. He said, stop. He reaches into his vest pocket and pulls out an envelope. Mm. And I said, what is this? He said, open it. I pulled, I opened it. It was a check that paid for my three years of room and board. Wow. So that confused me. <laughs> See, because I did not like white folks, but these two white folks cared enough about me as a human being that had faith in me and are responsible for my education. Mm. Mm. Bill Duke is here. He's got a book, My 40-Year Career, on screen and behind the camera. Bill Duke, what's your greatest 
your, your greatest accomplishment so far? 40 years. Thing you're most proud of? Uh, the thing I'm most proud of is my foundation. Um, we teach, uh, for the last few number of years, we teach young people, uh, high school students, um, media literacy mm. and financial literacy. That's great. And by media literacy, um, they come with passion, but they don't understand the business of the industry. And if you don't understand that these days, then you're left behind because it's like not just TV anymore. It's online distribution. I shot a film with um, Steven Sotenberg, one of the best directors I've ever known, um, a couple of years ago, called High Flying Bird. It's on Netflix now. And he flew us into New York, and we shot the entire film in two weeks with five iPhone 7 Pluses. Wow. And they did the dolly shots. They rolled them around in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So it's, and check out the quality of it if you go online and see it on Netflix. Um, so, and we, so we teach them that nothing is stopping them, and they learn to learn the craft of directing, acting, writing, but nothing stopping them from filming and making their own films. But we teach them financial literacy because we're taught how to spend a dollar, but not how to use a dollar. Who taught you how to use a dollar? Um, I learned from failure mm. and uh, the pain of, because uh, I grew up poor, so when I got money, I spent it. Your first check, do you, you remember the first big check? First big check, uh, it was gone in, I think, days. Was that from car wash? Um, yes, car wash. Yeah, car wash. Car wash, and I enjoyed spending it. Cause what, did you, what, did you, what did you buy? Do you remember? Uh, a car I didn't need. That was <laughs> too big. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Car and clothing and stuff, you know, that... Uh, there's a saying that most poor people spend money on th- money they don't have, on things they don't know, they don't need, uh, f- uh, to impress people they don't know. Mm. And unfortunately, um, that is true. But as I was going to tell you off my, uh, offline about my metaphor for Hollywood, and I lose my, use my own name, it's a four-part metaphor. Number one, who's Bill Duke? Number two, you've got to get me Bill Duke. Number three, you got to find me a younger Bill Duke. Number four, <laughs> who's Bill Duke? Yeah, we were talking about, you know, the trajectory of people's careers, the ebbs and flows of hills and valleys, and you could be hot one day and then not, and you're still the same talented person. You know, you no one's calling you, but you're still talented. You're not getting arrested in Hollywood, which is <laughs> not good, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom. Black Lightning is like, everyone's like, Bill Duke, you know, whatever, or something Overnight else. Overnight success. Yeah, right. And it's like, <laughs> Duke's been doing this. Yeah, he's been dope years. forever. And right. it's like the 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 navigation of that and the, for it to not feel, because you're in a business of rejection. To not That's what's let painful. It, yes. You know, you're going to probably get a lot more no's than yeses. And, and to not let that, you know, hit your self-esteem and to still know that you're valuable and talented, which is probably why you got into directing and writing and other ways to express yourself. Yeah, it was also why I got into drugs when I was a young man, mm-hmm. because rejection is, people say get over it. But if you go up for maybe eight or nine um, auditions in a month, everybody says, no, 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 not you, no, no, no. Um, it's hard not to take it personally. So you kill that pain with before I found meditation, which God bless, I did find it. Uh, it was drugs and alcohol. 
let's let's go back to that because this is Wellness Wednesday on the Karen Hunter Show, and I'd be remiss if I didn't get into the details of that. And of course, you can read all of these stories in my forty-year career. Bill Duke colon my forty-year career on screen and behind the camera. Um, do you remember the first time you drank or used drugs as a result of not getting a role? I don't remember the exact project, but I knew it was. A role I really I forgot what the film was. It was it was a TV show. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, it was at a you know a low point, a low point, and um, you know I. It was like you know the a friend of mine introduced me to marijuana at first, a girlfriend, and then that went to um, hashish, and then a little cocaine, and then liquor, and. I was kind of like, and out of it. Um, a, you know, God is good, you know. I was on the street one day. I was begging for money because I had nothing. Bill Duke was in mm. the streets. Begging for money. Begging for money. Yeah, because I couldn't pay my rent. And this older black woman walked past me. Walked to, I, I asked her, ma'am, could I have some money? And she looked me in the face and she just kept walking. I asked the other two people. Then I felt a tap on my back. And it was the same old older black woman. And I turned around and said, well, you got some money? And she didn't say anything for, it felt like a minute, but it was maybe like 10 or 15 seconds. And she looked in my face and she said, son, do your mama know you're out here doing this? Mm. <sighs> Never asked for money since. My parents had, they didn't even have high school educations and they didn't take any kind of social support, welfare, or nothing. My mother worked, my father worked two jobs, sometimes seven days a week. My mother worked six. And if they had even thought that I was out there begging, uh, it would not be pleasant. Mm. <laughs> so it, it, it changed me a, a lot, you know, in a lot of ways. And how did you find meditation? Because a lot of people, particularly in the black community, we. You know, I I think it's changing a lot now. A lot of more of us are doing yoga, and mm -hmm. a lot of us are, you know, finding our ways into what they call these uh, alternative, you know, um, spiritual methods or returning to African traditional religions, yes. the current versions, which of them. is what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. now changing my whole language. It's the African method, not yeah. the Socratic method. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. yes. Thank you, Dr. Mm -hmm. Carr. Mm -hmm. How did you find it? Meditation. Uh, a friend of mine, Aida Tangamana, which I will thank forever. So I'm at one of my lowest points, and uh, I was taking drugs, and she said, you know, Bill, you're, you're going down. I said, yes, you know, mind your own business. She said, listen, I love you. I want you to stop. Um, she said, you know, to try meditation. And I just ignored her for a couple of weeks, and then I got really depressed and down. And uh, she came up to me, and she said, just try it. Let's transcendental meditation. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, and so I said, okay, okay, okay. And so uh, she initiated me, and I tried it for two weeks. I was still taking drugs and trying to meditation. Meditating and doing drugs. That's right, and doing drugs. High meditation. <laughs> it was good. It was good. <laughs> new levels. <laughs> it was deep. It was deep. And then she said to something to me I'll never forget. She said, Bill, if you try meditation and don't take any drugs for three or four weeks, I'll, be ounce, I'll buy you an ounce of anything you want. <laughs> I said, oh, good. Okay, mm. cool. And so I thought, hmm. And so I, first week, 
second week, third week, what I was getting from the drugs I got from the meditation. Mm. And I haven't taken any drugs since. What were you getting? What was that thing? First, release of stress, focus, and rejuvenation of your spirit. Those were the things that were the most important to me. You thought you were getting that from the drugs because there was no way in hell the drugs were rejuvenating your spirit. No, what they were doing was dulling the um, symptoms, not the cause. And meditation gets deep into the cause of why you're going through what you're going through. And so that's a big difference. So what's your process? Do you have a daily routine? Every, I wake up, meditate. How long do you meditate for? Hour and a half. An really? hour and a half? Wow. That's that Did That's you, that 40 year yeah. got buddy luxury to be able to. Hour and a half. An hour and a. Wow. wow. I no, thought it, you were going to say a good 20 minutes. And no, I was like, yes, I feel validated. I could do that. <laughs> that I can do. An hour and a half. Because wow. what it does is it saves me and also saves the people that mess with me. Mm, I heard that. Okay. Worthwhile it's, investment of time. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, an hour and a half. 866-801-8255. <laughs> Let's take a call. Uh, Jay in Texas, you're on with the great Bill Duke. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Yes, Karen. How are you? Uh, Mr. Duke, I'd like to ask you, uh, in regards to the latest movie, Harriet, I'd like to ask you your thoughts on the on the casting. Uh, my thoughts on it is uh, uh, I haven't went to I'm, – I'm going back and forth whether I should go see the picture, and this is the reason. Any person of color, especially an African, that comes into this country and makes any type of advancement, he's simply walking through a door that was opened by black Americans. And I think there should be respect. And I don't think the, 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 the lead character has shown that respect. And I've been, and I've, okay. and I've been, uh, you made your point. I would love to hear what Mr. Duke feels. And I'm not cutting you off for any other reason that we got to go. And I want to get other callers in. But you made your point, Jay. Well, I understand your point in terms of, you know, we should, as African-Americans, have the opportunities. Um, but we're African-Americans. Come on now, Brother Duke. And um, the thing is, is that this actress is brilliant. She's brilliant. Cynthia Erivo. She She's brilliant. And I just, you know, uh, I got a lot of feet, you know, flack from friends of mine. But I, I like the movie a lot. Yeah. And it's really an action film. It's like, it, it, it looks, you know, it's not just sitting down talking about our past, but what everybody went through and reminding of us of our heritage. Yes. I mean, what people before us went through so that we can be here today. I mean, it's, uh, it's an, I think it's an important movie, but I'm getting a lot of, they're getting a lot of flack, and I don't yeah. think they should. Well, this, I just um, saw um, a movie with Lena, Lena Waite's new movie, um, Queen and Slim, mm. starring Daniel Kaluuya, who's a, a British person from Uganda. And I think the lead actress is also uh, African. She's Jamaican from Great Britain. And the, the notion that people across the pond or from other places are playing in these roles that Americans should have, I'm sitting in front of somebody that created roles. That you didn't wait for Hollywood to come and That's do. Right. And Lena Waithe, uh, God bless her. She's mm. been doing an amazing job. I, I, we got to stop the division, in my opinion. But, you know, again, if you don't like something, create your own right. A- right. avenues. That's right. Let's stop bitching about the things that we actually can do something about. You just talked about shooting a whole film in a little two bit weeks. of t- two weeks <laughs> on an iPhone. With a wheelchair for the, the, the action scenes. I'm come on. Saying. Let's stop bitching. 
Well, we're good at that, but um, oh. you know we can critique each other very well. But mm. what we need is mutual support, and 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 not getting blamnesia. Ooh. Okay. What do you say to the idea that there is a different approach to the craft and to the science of acting in places like Britain where they might prize a, a particular type of tradition um, or invest in particular types of study? And some of the work that I do with young filmmakers, you know, it will often be suggested to them by casting directors, you should go to Oxford and do their six-week program on blah, blah, blah. It will give you a different approach to the craft because acting is not just memorization. There's a science. There's a, a practice behind it. What, what do you say to that? How do you weigh in on that? Well, whether it's Britain or great acting teachers here, acting, as you say, is a craft. Directing is a craft. Producing is a craft. Writing is a craft. Just because you have a passion for something, uh -oh. it doesn't mean that you do it well. Oh. It means that you have passion and you put it up there. But um, does uh, do I care about what you're saying? Uh, does anybody in it impact me emotionally or intellectually? No, you just got it up there. So, I'm or you knew somebody, or you had a rap song. Oh, you got a that relative. A oh, oh. Okay. Will you stick around, Bill show, Duke? Show, All right. show enough. As okay. Show enough. Bill Duke is in the building, y'all. His book is Bill Duke, My 40 Year, 40, 40. Some of y'all ain't even 40. These are 40 years of receipts, 40 year career on screen and behind the camera. Uh, we got a bunch of calls as well. Bill Duke is a genius. I just, I'm going to just say it. Hashtag it facts. Bless you, man. It hasn't Thank been said today. It's going to be said today right here. Um, and please get his book, Bill Duke, My 40-Year Career, on screen and behind the camera. Let's take some calls because people want to talk to you. And okay. I'm, I'm greedy, but I'm going to open the phones. Let's go to um, Amp in Florida. You're on with the great Bill Duke. Welcome. Amp. Amp. Today, Junior. All right, put AMP on hold. All right, AMP, figure it out. Who so there's, there's an eight-second delay. So if people listen through the radio and not on the phone like they've been instructed, because I heard her say, please turn down your radio and listen through the phone, then they think that they're not on the air yet. So I'm going to go to Ty in Michigan, <laughs> who I hope followed instructions. Yes, good, after good yes. afternoon. Thank you so much for taking my call. And Karen, thank you so much for what you do. Thank by you. creating a Karen Hunter University. Um, my question uh, was for Mr. Duke. Uh, he was from Poughkeepsie. Is, is that is that what I heard? Yes, sir. Right. Now, I'm from White Plains, New York, and I'm living out here in Michigan. Now, I know Poughkeepsie, and I work for IBM. Now, IBM was real large in Poughkeepsie in the Peekskill area. And did that have uh, a great impact on you with learning um, because I know in these IBM environments, I mean, they had all different kind of races that was going uh, to work at their place and also the educational systems in those cities like White Plains, New York. Now, did that help you or that it didn't help you even though that I was brought up in a project environment in White Plains and, and as well as what you're saying, how you was brought up in Poughkeepsie? Well, um, my cousin Doug was one of the first black uh, engineers and people at IBM. Uh, so, yes, they were open, more open in those days. Um, it, but, you know, still it was compared to the other issues that blacks faced in Poughkeepsie. Even though it was significant, it was not something that erased all the other injustices. So mm -hmm. I appreciate IBM for doing that. 
but uh, there was a lot that was not happening. Okay. Thank you, Ty. Let's go to AMP. Is AMP back in Florida? Yes, I'm outside on the phone with my job. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lucky I had the rescue on to kind of see when it was going to come on. But uh, how y'all doing today? I'm so sorry. We good, Amp. Thank you. We are awesome. Hi. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Mr. Bill Duke. I was I was trying to figure out how like how do you meditate? Like you know, if that's too much to ask. It's a great, uh, a great question. question. There are, there are basically three types of meditation. There's concentration where you um you look at a candle or whatever um and um it takes your mind to another place and there's contemplation there's a phrase that you're given and you contemplate the meaning of that phrase with your eyes closed then there's mantra a mantra is a sound that's ancient that has no meaning but it has a vibrational impact on on your entire system uh chancel of meditation is a mantra technique and so I've been doing that for since the seventies and it's been extremely beneficial, saves my life every day. So it's it's a mantra technique. Are there particular mantras that you are more drawn to than others? Well you're you're in TM you're you're given a specific mantra for you. Oh. And that's what they teach you and you say that every day. So it's your individualized yes. personal Wow. Mm. And it's a vibration. Because yes. we're amazing. spiritual. Because yeah. we, we rock on beats. Yeah. Yes, we're all energy. Yeah. Frequency. We're all energy. Mm. I love that. That was a great question, Amp. It was worth coming back to you. Because it really was. Uh, let's go to Tony in Chicago. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Yes. Hi, Miss Hunter. Um, and, and Mr. Duke. I love your show, Miss Hunter. I listen every day. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Duke, I'm a great admirer of yours. You remind me of uh, Ivan Dixon. I, I put That's you through my friend, yeah, you guys are just just great, great pioneers. Uh, the question I have for you, sir, I remember an old episode of Kojak, and I understand <laughs> it was it was a particular episode you were in that you were embarrassed by, and you even made an attempt to <laughs> either ban that episode or purchase it. Could you expound on that, sir? Well, uh, I had to play the part of a pimp called Silka Slim, and I had to have like a pimp accent and everything, and I had shoes and a fur coat, etc. And once I saw it, um, I did not like it. And like so, it was like Huggy Bear with the goldfish in the yeah, remember, exactly, remember exactly. Yeah, the shoes, oh, I go get you, sucker. The, oh, help yeah. me, please. And um, so, <laughs> but you know, uh, it was work that I needed to pay my bills in those days. And so there was a compromise. I made it. Um, and I, it's it's an interesting role, but, you know, it's not something that I want to do again. Right. Did, were you able to purchase it? <laughs> I tried. They said no. So. Okay. Did you know in the moment that you were performing it that this was going to raise issues for you later, or was it something that occurred when you saw the actual Once product? I saw it. Were you mm -hmm. on drugs at that point? Uh, no. let's, let's blame it on the drugs. I was no, trying no, to give I, you an out. I wish. I was on drugs. <laughs> no, no, I can't say that. Okay. No, I can't say that. All right. Let's, uh, thank Meditation you, Tony. Meditation to keep you honest too. <laughs> <laughs> Will it? Does it? Does it help with the honesty? The meditation what? training. Uh, it takes your filters away. Mm. Wow. I don't need that. I'm good. Like, <laughs> so I have none anyway. So I don't think I need that. All right, Keith in Virginia. But thank you. Hey, Keith. Hello, Karen. How are you today? Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I am a first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> 
Hello, Mr. Duke. Hope all is well with you today, sir. Bless you, my friend. Wonderful, wonderful. Look, I was calling about one of the callers that called a few minutes ago in reference to uh, that movie, Harriet, and they kind of didn't think that a person abroad should be playing that particular role. And I I just would like to say that when when we as a people were coming, you know, through the Civil Rights era and even before that, all of the entertainers got great love abroad. I mean, we we performed there. W.E.B. Du Bois, you know, went there to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all travel outside Baldwin, the state. Josephine that, that Baker. Time. That's right. Paul Robeson. That's and, right. And, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we all got big love, you know. Right. So it's sort of like now, all of a sudden, we don't want to give that big love to people that, that's actually been influenced by... And it, yeah, and there's no Beatles or Rolling Stone or any of those groups without black people in the influence. And they say that there's no Sam Smith, there's no mm-hmm. Adele, um, Amy Winehouse. But I think the problem with Cynthia Erivo were, were the comments that she made on tweets, um, several comments about black Americans. So I mm-hmm. think there's a level of like feeling that she disrespected us or how dare she play one of our iconic figures mm-hmm. in this movie when I don't know if she even respects black people. And, you know, but she's answered to that. Um, several times and other people have as well. And I I think that part of my meditation practice is really operating in a space of grace, right, and compassion and recognizing that, you know, were things said that were inappropriate? Absolutely. Have I engaged in commentary about non-black American black people? Absolutely. Did I learn African booty scratcher in American black playgrounds with black children? Absolutely. Do we engage in cross diasporian wars against each other absolutely because of that 400 year indoctrination my my personal approach would be that we afford the same grace to others that we afford to those within the circle that we're connected to not everybody does that but let's not be willing to cut off our nose to spot our own faces for other people holding other people to measures and standards to which we cannot our own selves attain or maintain agreed nothing smith <laughs> Terry in New York, you're on with Bill Duke. That's Larry Favors, in case you didn't know, Afro State of Mind. Hey, Terry. Hey, how you doing? Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to uh, ask him because I took the TM meditation, the mantra, and they told me that I couldn't meditate for more than 20 minutes. And I was just wondering because he said he did it a lot longer, like an hour, hour and a half. An hour and, and a half, yeah. I took the advanced and courses. I'm just <laughs> All right. There, there are advanced courses that you take, you know, and I became a TM teacher also. Wow. And so I went to a number of places and got advanced, what they call advanced techniques, et cetera. It's so, interesting you say that. I teach journalism and I tell my students, these are the things that you're going to do in this class. Now, when you get good, you can break every rule, but you're going to learn the rules. And these are the mm-hmm. basics and the foundations. And if you get them wrong, you're going to fail in this class. And it's the way there's going to be a format. But of course, when you get excellent, you can make your own right. rules. There are books with no punctuation. That's mm-hmm. totally against the rules, but it works because that person's proficient enough to be able to do that. So what you're saying is get to a level where you can. Well, they actually teach you advanced techniques. They literally do that. And um, becoming a teacher, you have to d- go through certain classes, etc. So they give you even more information. So I want to ask him, how is his meditation working for him? Uh, well, it worked fine when I was doing it, but then I got kind of like sidetracked and I stopped. But they still sending me emails telling me to come to these classes. And it didn't seem like I would, I, 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 like before I was so deep into it, I could actually hear the mantra. And now it's like, I can't even find it. Mm. Wow. What, 
What's your advice, teacher, Sensei well, Bill Duke? <laughs> they they have classes that um, refresh refreshing classes, so he can go back go back to and his start teacher, over. Mm-hmm. and they'll give him the mantra back, and they'll give him you know the technique, and uh, it'll work. And do it. Stick with it. I mean, nothing happens Consistency. overnight. Yeah, that's everything. Because had you not had that. That pot of gold at the end of your three, four weeks, you might not be a one an hour, a one hour and a half meditator That's today. Right. That's yeah. right. But three weeks to change a habit. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. And four months to change the taste buds. Anyway, mm. uh, Bill Duke, will you come back? I'd love to come back. This was wonderful. Thank you Appreciate so much. You. And uh, I can I leave with three quotes. Absolutely. My favorite quotes. Yes. Um, aspire to inspire before you expire. Mm. If a man does not seek humility, humility will seek the man. Mm. And in your lifetime, you'll never see a smaller package than a person wrapped up in themselves. Wow. I love you. Love you too. Thank it you. is book. Bill Duke, my 40-year career on screen and behind the camera. We're going to tweet that out. Thank you so much for being here. 